I'm excited that you're here for Mother's Day. Um, I, I want to I just, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, we started a new series called Legacy. And I talked a little bit about my mom. I want to show you a, a couple pictures uh, before we get started, if I can. First one, this is my grandmother. And my grandmother, um, and we don't have that up on the big screen, just a small screen, big screen. Okay, all right. Um, so my grandmother uh, was a battle axe man. She was tough. She, uh, she, she ran a ranch. She could, she could run a baler, a tractor. I have a picture of her. Uh, way back where I, I remember, as a little kid, I remember just being so astounded because we had some skunks coming down the road with the, you know, at the ranch in Clark Fork, and she just gets out the 22 and she's up there like Annie Oakley and, you know, cleaning house. And she could upholster furniture. She was stronger than about any man I've ever met. And she survived. She was twice widowed. Um, amazing, uh, amazing. Do I have another picture? She taught. She taught us how to fish. This is my sister Deanna, and we're not sure the other baby, but this is my grandma. I think this was a cousin. And then my mom. And my mom, um, she, she was uh, broken, but man, what a legacy. I talked about that. Remember a couple weeks ago? Even if you're broken, God will use you to, to do a legacy. She was, a, she was like a rodeo queen. She raced uh, cars. She was a dirt track racer. She broke horses. She was an entrepreneur, small business owner. Do I have another, another picture of my mom up there? And so this is, my, this is one of my sisters. And look at that little cute guy there on the right. You know, you see the resemblance? Yeah. Let's just look at that for a minute. No, I'm just, I'm just totally kidding. But listen, you know, the amazing thing is I want to show you the next picture because this is about legacy. So this is the legacy that started, and, and I, I just, when I think about moms, I think about the legacy that moms play such an important part. Listen, come on, let's be honest, there ain't nobody going to be here today if you didn't have a mom, right? And then, finally, here's my favorite mom of all, and I want you to put your hands together and welcome Pastor Robbie as she comes to the platform. And just blesses us today with the word. Amen. You look so 70s. Why, thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, some days it just works out. <laughs> I am so glad to be here this morning and to be able to have a chance. It's, it's an honor to me to be able to stand up here and to, to speak and to share what God has given me. And, and uh, you are all so kind. Thank you so much for just being such a, a loving church. Hold on. There aren't enough hands for all of this stuff here. I... Uh, I wish that I had produced a picture of my own mom that was sort of a little bit of an afterthought about 20 minutes ago. You know how that goes. Just like, ah, oh, I should have done that. But um, I, I honor every one of you in this place who is a mom, who would 
who is in that place, that season of wanting to be a mom but have not become one yet, I honor you in this house who have, um, have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Those of you who are stepmoms and foster moms, you are rocking it. You're doing an amazing job. Single moms, two thumbs up to you. I honor you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege, it's an honor, but it ain't easy, is it? And somehow or another, we all end up leaving that experience as a mom looking way different than we did when we came in. <laughs> With a whole lot of things going on and a bunch of gray hair. So anyway, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for moms. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for all of our moms that are here with us and that are not here with us. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. I want to talk to you today about, we were talking legacy, right? And how we do that and what it means to leave a legacy. And I want to talk about the legacy of a voice of a mom. So if you'll allow me. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. It's actually the same scripture, just in a different translation. And then I'm going to pray. So in Proverbs 31, 26, and you might know that that scripture before I even say it. It's in the the parable of the um, virtuous woman. And it's like she does everything. And she makes us all look bad. Anyway, Proverbs 31, 26 in the New King James Version says, She opens her mouth with, with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And this is what the Message Bible says in that same verse. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. Father God, I pray that you would... Enliven the words that I have to say. I, I believe you've, you've helped me with this, Lord. This isn't something I've come up on, on my own. And that, God, this word will go forth like seed into the hearts of not only moms, but your people in general. And that you would water it and cause it to bear fruit that will last. In Jesus' name, amen. So... I'm going to put these on because they will help. My mom passed away in 2011. And I remember the first year of her passing. Um, I, had, I had kept a voicemail that she had sent me, you know, like back in the day when we used to do those things. Um, I, you know, she called me one day and, and I wasn't able to get to my phone. And so she left me a voicemail. Um, and In that first year, when I would miss her particularly hard, I would would re-listen to that again. And just to hear her voice, and just to, like, even just to pretend for a second that she could possibly be reached on just the other side of a phone call. And, you know, unfortunately... I lost that recording when I, when I updated my phone, and you know how that happens. And, and I, I regret not taking better care of that memento, because it was pretty special. 
And yet, even with, without that having to remind me or getting to remind me of what my mom's voice sounded like, I still heard her voice in my head. Remember how Pastor Craig last week, um, for those of you who are here or who listened to the, to the recording, he said that, uh, was it his grandpa or his dad? I can't remember now which it was, but you know, he, he taught him a maxim or an axiom to live by, and he still heard his voice in his head. I still hear my mom's voice sometimes in my head. <laughs> I still do. And sometimes it sounds like my voice, but... Um, and even sometimes I sound like my mom. <laughs> anyway. And interestingly, my mom... Well, and this isn't unusual, but my mom's voice was the very first voice I heard. And we know that babies know their mother's voice in vitro. Now, I had a womb mate... I'm a twin. So my brother and I, I have a twin brother, and ironically, he is the same age as me. He's getting old. Anyway, but that, that voice becomes their lifeline to the first thoughts and words that their moms utter about who they are. Isn't that Interesting. There are many things my mom said to me, both good and bad, as it is, right? Some are embedded so deep in me that I think they're my thoughts. My mom's voice was very important in my life. It was an instructive voice. It was a, a calming and soothing voice. It was an encouraging voice. It my mom's voice could be playful and joking. She really was very funny. And sometimes her voice was angry. Now, when my mom wanted my attention, I don't know, did your mom do this? She would use both my first name and my middle name, Robbie Diane, and it was like that loud. I probably shouldn't have been so close to the mic, sorry. Now, if she was really mad, she would pull out the whole thing. Roberta, Diane, used to be my maiden, my married name, my, my maiden name was Wood. Roberta, Diane, Wood. And I knew that whatever it was I'd done must have been super bad because she was pulling out the whole thing. And I better snap to and get with the program. Did your mom do that? Okay. Yep. <laughs> A lot of times... Or sometimes, something else that I realize is that there were times uh, that my mom was silent, which was also powerful. And she knew when to speak up and when to stay silent. That's wisdom. That the silence could be weighty with meaning. It was often the words she didn't say that as I look back, were the most formative in their absence. My mom really did her best to build me up. And if she was here today, I would definitely thank her for, for all the I love yous and all of the I'm proud of yous and all the funny things she said. And I would also thank her for the words that she didn't say. You know, one thing she didn't share with me, which I find really interesting, is her personal opinions about people. She gave me the chance to form my own opinions, and this was very important. 
You're likely thinking about the words that your mom has said to you. And I'm sure the voice of your mom matters or mattered, depending on whether your mom is on this side of heaven or the other side. We live in a society where mother's voices are minimized in a child's life. Other voices are telling our kids what they need to be and how they need to live. And the time that we have to influence our children has been shortened. A mom's voice is being replaced by teachers, by coaches, by friends, social media influencers, media personalities, and video game developers. Do you know sometimes that video game characters have more influence in your kid's life? Oh, my word. You know, one, one of the... When, if, you ask, if you ask a, let's just say, a 10, 11, 12-year-old what they want to be when they, wanna, when they grow up, they might say something like, I want to be a YouTuber. What is that? I want to be a social media influencer. What? What happened to doctors and nurses? I want to be the president. No, they'd rather be a social media influencer or a YouTuber. Jesus! Help us. Here's the truth. Moms, our words are meant to capture the hearts of our kids. That's why God gives us a voice. That's why we're carrying kids in our womb and they can actually hear what we're saying, is to influence them and capture their hearts, to instruct and to show kindness and to direct them into godliness. That's our biggest job. That's so good. But there are so many, let me not but, and, let's just say and, there are so many other voices out there speaking right now. Now, besides imprisoning them in their rooms and never allowing them out the door. I mean, well, yeah, we could do that. That'd be weird. Let's not do that. They do still need to affect culture, but let's affect them in our homes first. How do we minimize these voices and maximize the power of our words. Well, first, what can we know from Scripture? What does Scripture tell us about words? First, number one, words are powerful and should be used with great wisdom. I think there is nothing more dangerous than a word. Our words are very effective. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, this tells me something, that the result of our words are, first of all, creative and will create something. Ah! Our words plant seeds. And listen, our words will produce something, either life or death. Now, I I present and propose to you that we choose life. So a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jeff mentioned that there is this, uh, there's this law that governs the universe. It's called the law of reciprocity. And it, it's uh, mentioned in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, something along the lines of whatever you sow, that you shall also reap. It is literally a governing force in this world. Now, because God's voice is creative, 
Now, this is the scary part. Are you all with me here? Not just moms, all y'all. All all us all. God's voice is creative, and he decided to give us the same power. Now, why would he do that? Why would he do that? It's the scariest thing in the world. It's like... It's like giving somebody a a weapon. Or it's like giving somebody a a front-end loader. I mean, because that's something you would build with. I mean, I know you can do lots of things with front-end loaders. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Why do I do that? (laughs) Anyway, it's a scary thought. So, you know, of course those things are not dangerous in themselves. They're amoral. And yet, if you don't teach somebody how to use those things, they could be super dangerous. Okay, let's, let's move on. Now, because we are his elect, we get to create a legacy. See, it's a privilege. The power is a privilege. Just like, you know, a teenager driving a car. That's a privilege. By the way, that's a privilege you can take away. Just put that away for later. Anyway, this whole thing, this whole power in the, in the tongue, being the power of you know, life and death and producing all of that, that's a scary kind of responsibility. Number two, we must give an account for everything we have said. Matthew 12, 36, Jesus himself said this, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Idle mean, meaning not worthwhile, not productive. I mean, if somebody is sitting idly, they're not doing anything productive. So whatever words we speak should be productive. And that's, that's, a, and that's something we can take home. I mean, that's something, you could tuck that one away. I'll just write that down and stick it in my pocket. But we get to choose what kinds of seeds we sow. And that my friends, moms and dads, and anyone else is good news. Number three, patient and persistent words can accomplish what irritated and frustrated words cannot. Proverbs 25, 15. Hey, you know what? Did you know that you could probably, like, change your entire life by simply camping on Proverbs for the whole year. Because it tells you everything to do to live godly. I mean, it's like, it might as well be called the book of relationships because it talks about every single relationship you could possibly ever come up against. All right, Proverbs 25, 15 says, patient persistence pierces through indifference. Gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. That's the message version. So there is a reward for persistence. Eventually, that defensiveness breaks, and those seeds of life that you have spoken or that you are speaking can go into the soil of even a resistant heart. Oh, my goodness. And it will bring forth something that is living and good and right. Now, I'm thinking of every, every mom in this place and every dad who has a teenager right now. 
It's okay, you can laugh. Yes, they are in the room, but you can laugh anyway. I remember how frustrated, I'll just tell you how frustrated and vehement that I could get with my teenage boys. Once upon a time, he was not the wonderful, I mean, he was always wonderful. No, 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 he has always been a wonderful, wonderful. No, okay, no. (laughs) But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You know what I reaped in all of that? I'll tell you what I reaped. Very vehement and frustrated teenage boys. Because I sowed frustration and vehemence into them. It did not help. Number four. The outcome of our words are either wounding or they're healing. There are only two things. There's only two things. Either wounding or healing. Now, Proverbs 12:18, reckless words are like the thrusts of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. This I'm telling you, it's all about the intent of the heart. This it also infers the difference between wise and unwise. And they and the hidden desire in the heart of the person speaking in the speaker's heart. In other words, what exactly are we trying to accomplish in what we're saying? Is is it our is it for us, our benefit, or the other person's benefit? And again, we have the responsibility to to stop and consider what our words are producing. Now, you probably, if you're not a mom here, you're probably realizing maybe you're a a young person or, you know, a middle schooler that, I don't, what do they call those, tweeners? Tweeners. Probably the people that are tweeners don't like to be called tweeners. (laughs) I know I wouldn't. Nevertheless, doesn't matter. In this room, let me just go back here. Circle back, Robbie, circle back. Uh, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. Oh, I remember. Okay. So you're probably realizing that that whether you're a mom, a dad, whether you're a young person or a single person or an older person or whatever, that this is not just for one segment of the church. This is actually how we can live life. Like this is how we could relate to one another. But but I'm talking to moms today. So I've said it before, and I'll say it again right now. Our kids are extremely vulnerable to messaging of any kind, both good and evil. And it really is up to us to speak when we see our children being molded by ungodliness. You know, that's when we don't, to, uh, that's not, that's when we use our words quickly and effectively and wisely. Because if we don't speak to their spirits and tell them who they are according to God's word, someone else will. Our culture will. Wherever the void is, it will be filled. Let's fill it with that 
that sense of identity and who they are in God and, and words that build up and, and uh, bring life. Now, <clears throat> sometimes there has to be a dismantling of systems. In Jeremiah, I think, I think it's Jeremiah, there's, there's a, it talks about Jeremiah being a, he had a breaker anointing. He had a, the ability to break down strongholds. So um, that, a system of thought you know, sometimes our kids can get sucked into a system of thought. That is literally the definition of a stronghold. It's a house of thought. And when we see this happening, God gives us as moms and dads, but I am specifically speaking to moms right now, authority and responsibility. Authority and responsibility to be the first shapers of our children's character before anyone else. Like, you know that time when, of course, if, if you're not pregnant, this is not going to be helpful, but if your baby is still here, you have an opportunity to shape, their, to, to shape who they are simply by what you speak to them when they're in there, because they can hear you. That's weird, isn't it? Don't you think that's weird? It's like someone's always listening. I don't know. Anyway. So my, what I want to say, don't lay down your authority to speak into their lives. You always, always have authority to speak into their lives. And you choose how to do that. Now you can do it vehemently and irritatingly or irritatedly, but... I suggest that it's more on the persistent and patient and gentle side. Number five, the absence of words can be powerful. Sometimes not speaking is the best thing a mom can do. Luke 2.19, but Mary was keeping within herself all these things, sayings, weighing and pondering them in her heart. Now, you know, Mary heard a lot of things, especially, you know, like, I don't, we don't really know what happened between like about when Jesus was two on up to when he you know, started his earthly ministry. Well, no, we do know a little bit. In that whole temple thing, what was he, 12, 13? 12, he, you know, and he's, he, they went to, to the temple and, and then they came back home and Jesus had disappeared and then they went looking for him. Son, where have you been? Did you not know that I was going to be about my father's business? Well, okay. So we know a little bit about him. He knew what he was supposed to be about. Okay, but but we don't know all of the things that were said, except for a few things at the beginning, where, you know, talking about who Jesus was going to be. And, and Mary took all this stuff in, into her thinker, and she pondered them. See, we don't have to say everything. Da. Ah! <laughs> we don't have to say everything that comes to our mind. That's a word. That's a word for somebody. I call this um, picking your spots or picking your battles. Yeah, see, we get to pick our battles. I didn't always get that. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Oh. <sighs> Just, you know, those times when I just, like, picked on every little thing. I'm just telling you stuff from, from the experience that I had 
telling you not what I mean, telling you what not to do. You don't have to do, you don't have to pick on every little thing. Now, obviously, if it's something, if it's a moral issue, absolutely. But really, the length of their hair, is that really a thing? I mean, does that have to be the thing? Because you will, it will all, there will always be skirmishes Pick your spots well. Ask the Lord, what what do I focus on here? What do I need to focus on? Character, absolutely. Clothing, ah, I don't know. Not every situation needs a comment. Oh, man, yeah. Okay, so here's what I want you to know. Three things. To leave a legacy with your voice, we kind of already talked about it. Know the power of your words. Number two, define the way you will use those words, speaking life or death. And speak with God-given creative intention. See, we're co-partnering with the Lord in the lives of our kids. That's a pretty heavy-duty deal right there when we realize that we, because God gives us wisdom about what he sees in our children and what he put in our children, he shows us those things and we can speak into those things and how exciting it is to see God doing that. That's amazing. You know what? Also, our voice is important outside our home, out, out there, our voice isn't simply an inside voice. We have an outside the voice or outside the home voice as well. But listen, if we don't steward our inside voice well, our outside voice is going to lack conviction and credibility. Can I say that if we aren't willing to use our voice well in our homes, then we should not ask God for a platform to speak outside our homes. Let's, I mean, really, let's, let's get it, I was going to say, let's get it right. You are getting it right. I see your kids. Your kids are amazing. I see them, I see them on social media. That's saying something. Your kids are awesome. You're doing a good job, moms. I see them, I see them being awesome people. I see them doing those good things that God called them to do. That's amazing. I see your kids worshiping. Wow. You're doing a good job. Let's continue in that. Let's keep doing that. Now, here's something to think about, though. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and and see that they get justice. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there not a cause? I'm talking about, I've segued a little bit here, I'm talking about the outside voice. Is there not a cause? Do you know what I mean by that? Is there not something to say here in our culture, in our community, in our community? Is there not cause to speak into? Is there not something to say? There is. See, this is where we get to 
insert our voices at just the right time. Romans 4.17 talks about God being the God who speaks, now listen, speaks those things that aren't yet into existence. Now, with our faith, we're able to partner with him to bring into being things that are not happening yet. Now, just think about this. Can you guys go there with me just for a few more minutes? I promise I'll be done in four minutes and 20 seconds. I swear. Um, What are you not seeing in our community? Are you not seeing uh, mentally healthy kids? Are you not seeing a place for kids who are homeless? Do you know we have a homeless youth problem? You wouldn't think in small town, you know, Washington, Idaho, that we would have things like that going on. But we do. We have drug addiction, alcohol addiction. I mean, these, I'm talking about children here. I'm not, I mean, yeah, we've got all sorts of things going on with grown-ups. But I'm talking about the voice of a mom to kids in our community. So here's the thing is that we get to pray big prayers. See, here's what moms do. Moms pray big prayers. Hello? You guys with me? Hello? Moms pray big prayers. Yes! Moms pray big prayers because mom dream big. Moms, like, let me say it better this time. Moms dream big. And when we dream big, who do you think comes alongside and partners with us? God, by his Holy Spirit. See, we're called to to speak faith and speak life into our community. So, distilled down, when I'm talking about outside of our community, let's get it right in our homes. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep applying godly wisdom to what you're doing in your home. But let's pray big prayers out there and be part of what God is doing. It, now, I'm not asking you to go out and start a, a, a peewee lacrosse league unless that's what God's putting on your heart. I, I don't know. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just, I'm just asking you to, like, start praying. We can do that. Like, you could start doing that today. And move forward in whatever God gives you from that point. It may never be anything but prayer, but can we start there? Yes, of course we can. Okay. Like I said, I was going to be done, and I am going to be done. And I'm going to call our worship team. I really See, I really am going to be done, right? I want to pray for all of us moms here today. I, I, you know what? I have never, never met one mom who doesn't want to do her job well. I know no one who feels like they don't want to do better or they don't want to have more influence or they, I just don't know a mom anywhere. And I know a lot of moms that don't want to do their job. No, 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 that didn't come out right. Man, I am all over the map here. I don't know a mom who doesn't want to do a better job as a mom. None of us are perfect, nor will we do this whole momming thing perfectly. So I don't want you to leave here feeling like, oh my gosh, 
I've got one more thing to do in the midst of my laundry and the that's not what I want here. My hope, though, is that you leave here with a sense of empowerment and hope that our kids, first of all, are not at the mercy of a culture that wants to strip them from every good, God-given thing that he put in them. And that through wisdom and a word spoken at the right time, our kids will grow up with faith and hope in Christ. And isn't it awesome that it's not all on you? We, we play a part. It's not all on us. God comes alongside us all, moms, to just help us, give us wisdom, to stir us and inspire us. Now, maybe it's time to use your voice differently. And that's a great realization. God has wisdom for us when we're in that place. Maybe it's time to stop talking and pick the battles that will be waged. God also has wisdom for that. Maybe it's time to find your voice again. Maybe you've got to that place where you think, well, they don't listen to me anyway. I'm going to stop talking. But you know what? Maybe God is inspiring you and reminding you that your voice matters in the life of those that either look to you as mom, that are your natural-born biological children, maybe they're your foster kids, maybe they're the neighbor kids. But your voice matters. And remember that, that authority that God has given to become more determined, to speak life and hope into our kids. Maybe it's time to sow better words, to reap a different harvest. And just maybe it's time to be a voice in our communities and to pray big prayers that affect the future in that space, that place that you call home. I'm going to pray. So can we just all, all of us, all your dads, all your moms, all your grandpas and grandmas, all your kids, let's all pray. Let's all bow our heads, shall we? God, I thank you for every way that you have created moms. The way you put that desire in us, God. First of all, for, for us to be able to speak. I thank you even for the weighty responsibility and authority. God, I, I pray for every mom in this house. God, I don't know where they are. Only you can tell them where they are, God. You, you can bring that that clarity. Father, I ask that wherever they are in their journey with you as moms, that God, they would take a hold of that which the Holy Spirit is working in their heart right now. That God, if there is any repentance that needs to happen, a turning away from doing things a certain way and turning toward the good things that you want us to do, then I pray, Father, that that would take place in their hearts today. And that as they do that, you would come into that place, fill them with your spirit, and allow them to be able to go forth and to use their words 
with wisdom, with influence, with authority, with gentleness and kindness. And Father, if there is a mom who lost her voice somewhere along the way, I pray, Father, that you would help her to get her voice back. It may take a minute, but I pray, Father, that you would encourage her along the way to speak life and to speak truth and to speak wholeness and wholesomeness in places that maybe have lacked that. And I pray also, God, for those moms whom, are, whom you are you are encouraging them with their voice in the community. I pray, Father, that you would begin now, Father, to drop into their hearts those things that you want to accomplish in our community, in our children. That, Father, even now today, they would begin to pray, God, show me what you want to do here on behalf of children in our community. And Father, I thank you for these women that are in this sisterhood with me called motherhood. I pray each one would be blessed no matter where they are in their journey.